Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Liches. It's taken you and your companions days to fight your way through the evil sorcerer's lair, slaughtering his pet monsters and avoiding his deadly traps. You finally made it to his inner sanctum and find the sorcerer himself with a dreadful, undead appearance. Nevertheless, through furious and intense combat, you finally best the mighty foe and leave the dungeon with your heads held high. What you don't know, however, is that miles away, in a hidden location, the sorcerer rises again in a fresh body, because he has transcended death and become a lich. Creatures using magic to extend their lives is not an uncommon concept in fantasy material, but individuals that become liches do so in the pursuit of immortality, for various reasons. We'll look at what some of those reasons might be, as well as what makes a lich such a deadly and terrifying enemy to put down for good. In D&D terms, the lich was first introduced in the Greyhawk supplement for original D&D in 1975, the term originating from an old English word meaning corpse. Gygax's creation of the Lich was influenced by past fantasy representations of powerful magic users that use magic to triumph over death, such as works by Clark Ashton Smith and Gardner Fox. The Greyhawk supplement describes Liches as skeletal monsters of magical origin, each formerly being a very powerful magic user or magic user slash cleric, now alive only by means of great spells and will because of being, in some way, disturbed. Liches were immediately popular, being presented in every edition's monster manual, as well as a great number of adventures and supplements. Lich variants would crop up over the years as well, including the Demi-Lich, the Psionic Lich, the Elemental Lich, and the Good Lich. There isn't really a single large supplement devoted to Liches, so I'll be drawing information from a number of different sources. The basic definition of a lich is a spellcaster that has used magic to extend their life indefinitely by storing their soul in a magical vessel known as a phylactery. The process of becoming a lich is not an easy one, and many ambitious sorcerers that sought to achieve lichdom have perished in the pursuit. It requires immense amounts of preparation, willpower, and courage to achieve with the final step involving drinking a fatal potion, assuming that everything else was done correctly. A key part of the ritual is the creation of the phylactery, the receptacle that will hold the lich's soul and protect it from harm. The exact nature of the vessel is fairly flexible, as long as it contains a hollow space of some type that can be inscribed with different magical runes. It can take the form of a box, or a jar, or even a large amulet, although it's sometimes specified that it must be a valuable object and cannot be made of wood. Once a ritual is cast on the phylactery, the sorcerer can then transfer their soul into it. 
Depending on the nature of the lich ritual, this is either all it takes to become a lich, or it requires an additional step, drinking a special potion. This potion is generally comprised of various poisons, as well as the blood of a sentient creature that had been sacrificed so that its soul is fed to the magic of the phylactery. Upon drinking this potion, the sorcerer will die, and rise as a lich. The lich at this point will secure their phylactery in a secretive and well-protected location that likely only they are aware of, as it's the only thing keeping them immortal. Again, depending on the nature of the ritual, the lich will have to do one of two things to make sure that their existence is protected. In some cases, if a lich dies, their soul inside of the phylactery will possess the body of any recently killed creature close by it, ideally their own body. If they enter into a body that isn't their own, they will seek out their body and repossess it, provided it wasn't totally disintegrated. In other cases though, the phylactery will simply recreate a new body from scratch for the lich to control, as long as the lich regularly offers sacrifices to it. If not, their body will slowly fall apart, potentially leaving behind nothing but a conscious skull, which is still a fearsome threat. As mentioned, the knowledge, skill, and willpower that are all required to complete the lich process don't come easy and many would-be liches will take an easier path and turn to greater powers to assist them. This could be other ancient liches or demi-liches, or more commonly, deities, notably Orcus, the demon prince of undeath. This assistance of course comes at a cost, ensuring that the lich will serve the one that helped create it in some sort of foul and evil manner for centuries to come. A lich is a powerful creature for a variety of reasons, one being that unlike most other undead such as zombies or skeletons, a lich retains all of their memories, intellect, and personality from their former life, with little lost in the process. They also gain some new abilities, such as enhanced physical resistance, immunity to pesky dangers that affect the living such as disease and poison and the ability to paralyze a target with simply a touch. The lich's greatest strength, though, is of course the reason they became a lich in the first place, and that's their immortality. To become a lich, one must already have an incredible mind and a drive to obtain knowledge, so now with no need to eat or sleep, and effectively unlimited time, a lich can truly master the magical arts. Their massive reservoir of intellect, knowledge, and experience, combined with the time and capabilities to plan and scheme, makes them an incredibly dangerous foe. As many great wizards are fairly solitary individuals, so too are liches though, and they will spend the vast majority of their time sequestered away in a deep, dark lair. Here, surrounded by magical tomes and artifacts, they will bide their time, continuing to amass their knowledge. It's typical then of a lich to keep their homes protected by utilizing all sorts of servants and traps. These can range from other powerful undead, to golems and other magical constructs created by the lich, to even demons that have been bound and forced to serve on the material plane. Since most liches will make their lairs in complex and winding dungeons that allow them to monitor for any intruders, 
A quest to take out a lich in their lair is a task saved for only the bravest of adventurers. Of course, liches can be taken down, but the real tricky part is taking out the phylactery, as a lich will very rarely keep it near them or their lairs, and they would never willingly disclose its location. Taking out the lich, but being unable to find the phylactery, just leaves the undead creature to rise again, with no loss of power and now holding a serious grudge. Additionally, even if you find the phylactery, the job isn't quite that simple, as destroying the phylactery itself could be a quest in its own right. The lich will likely keep just as many, if not more, servants and traps surrounding the phylactery's location, and actually breaking it could require a powerful weapon or artifact as well. With the lich destroyed and the phylactery broken, however, the task is finally done, as the lich's soul is utterly destroyed with no hope of returning. It is said that not all liches are evil though, as it is technically possible for a good-hearted individual to learn of the specifics of lichdom. They would have to thoroughly master the ritual without resorting to asking for assistance from darker powers, and it would require an incredible amount of willpower to carry out the process without losing one's mind in the process. If done correctly though, a good lich is possible, although they would perhaps be lacking somewhat in power compared to their brethren that fully succumb to the strength of necromantic arts. It's also possible for other types of liches to be created without utilizing necromancy, such as by using psionics or elemental magic. The process is relatively the same, only being capable of being carried out by extremely gifted individuals, and the basic concept is practically the same, still requiring a phylactery in order to extend their lives. The major difference is in their capabilities with psionic liches being masters of mental manipulation, and elemental liches have mastered the use of the elements, specifically those of the dark plane of Ravenloft, bone, blood, fire, and mist. There are likely other forms of liches possible, as there are multiple paths to immortality. Intellectual foes often make for the best types of enemies in Dungeons & Dragons, creatures that can think for themselves, strategize just as well if not better than adventurers, and possess their own goals and ideals. Even in its most basic form, a lich represents a challenging scenario, in which bold adventurers must plumb the dangerous depths of a dungeon fighting off numerous threats before a final encounter with a very dangerous spellcaster. Going beyond that though, a lich can easily be the greatest threat in an entire campaign, a brilliant yet sadistic entity that weaves a web of violence and destruction from behind the scenes, sheltered by their servants, their capabilities, and their immortality. The point is that a lich should never be a small or routine encounter, as the process of becoming a lich is not small or routine either. An individual that has gone to such great lengths for immortality and power will not be cast aside easily.